come back Your dreams were your ticket out Welcome back To that same old place that you laughed about This episode of Half a Star is brought to you by Season 2 Something that freaks and geeks didn't get And heroes somehow did Today on a very special episode of Half a Star, we're hitting things off with season two. What's going on this season? We got a lot of things planned and we can't wait to get into it with you, the listener. But first, Benton and I are gonna explain where the heck have we been for the past several months? Well, we've been busy, right Ben? Yeah, spoiler alert, where we've been is Charlottetown, but we're gonna get into that in a second. But yeah, we're going to talk about where we've been. We're going to share some of our own half a star stories that might have cropped up in the time we've been away. And we're also going to tease you a little bit with some of the guests that are to come. We've been away for far too long. We've missed you. You look, you look great. Thank you. I was talking to the listeners. Right, of course you were. Of course you were. Spring has sprung and now it's gone. Summer's here and so are we. We're going to have fun. Listeners, I just watched Benton have a nervous breakdown while trying to do this intro. (laughs) We got more than just guests this season. We got segments. We got comedy. We've got art. It's going to be great. Stick around. It's good. There's a lot of things going on and they're all going to be pretty good. But at the end of the day, it's all about that sweet, sweet half a star stories. Stories so bad that they're good. Here on Half a Star, we believe that bad ideas make great stories. He's Benton. He's Justinton. Take it away, Robinton. I don't listen because it's a podcast. But if you feel that you must, here they are then, Ben and Justin. Together they are half of a star that was rob mcdonald playing our trademark half a star theme song jingle and you know what justin i gotta say it feels like home it does feels like an old glove you know how you're just leaving gloves around the house willy-nilly in this covid world people are leaving gloves everywhere and you know what justin they shouldn't be this glove fits like a hat and i love it how you been, man? Uh, good. Um, through the magic of podcasting, we can pretend that I didn't just see you less than a week ago. Oh, I um, know. I just mean, <laughs> how, how, how do you feel today? Today, I feel good. good. I feel, um, like I said in the intro, spring has sprung and now it's gone. And now it's <laughs> summer and we're here. So uh, that should tell you exactly how I'm feeling. And the confidence of your delivery is as on point as it's ever been, Benton. You truly are made for public radio. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I Thank mean you. that as a put down. I know. No, I know. I, 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 always, I always assume. Good. I always assume. But you are right. We have been uh, listeners. Going to remove the veil. Going to go behind the curtain. Benton this is an I, exclusive. This I, is an exclusive. We are not just podcast friends. We are friends in real life. Not just friends. We work together in the world of theater. It's called work-life balance. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. 
uh we're great at it we i guess is what i'm saying so great every blessed moment that passes by in our life we go we should write a play about that yeah every single time something happens to us one of us will say now how do we make some money off of it and often it gets to the debate of who claimed it first who who gets the ip on this who whose premise is this yeah but we worked together for a while on prince edward island from about the first of may until the end of june of this past year right around the time perhaps coincidentally we were radio silent on half a star and the reason is because benton with his theater company desert island theater company directed me and my solo show midnight baby we presented this show at king's playhouse in georgetown prince edward island and then did a second showing of it at harmony house theater in hunter river prince edward island and yeah, if you want to talk about intense experiences, uh, I think doing a show that is so autobiographical as Midnight Baby was for you in the middle of an existential pandemic threat, um, I won't call it a half, ex half a star experience because it was a lot of fun. It was uh, well executed, I thought, but it certainly felt very high stakes while we were doing it. I would also not call it autobiographical because some of those things just didn't happen in that story. That's just... Okay, fine. Personal then. Personal. Uh, now, listeners, you know me. Why let the truth get in the way of a good story? But I do believe the truth means more than facts. But this is a story, uh, just to kind of speak to that a little bit, uh, stories that I've written inspired by true events. Obviously, there is some creative liberty taken uh, to serve to serve the story, but also just out of kind of respect to the, the people that it, uh, it happened to. Actually, I can pull a page, literally pull a page out of Mike Birbiglia's book, uh, the new one, Mike Birbiglia, Birbiglia, Mike Birbiglia, big influence of mine. In his book, he has a note to the readers, in the recounting of the events in this memoir, chronologies have been compressed or altered and details have been changed to assist the narrative. Where dialogue appears, the intention was to recreate the essence of conversations rather than verbatim quotes. Names and identifying characteristics of some individual names and identifying characteristics of some individuals have been changed. And that has been a guiding principle of mine in my writing, hence why the phrase autobiographical is a slap in the face to autobiographies. Autobiographies. I also, also calling it autobiographies is a slap in the face to autobiographies. Uh, so yeah, that's just, uh, it's clearly not a sensitive subject to me if I'm splitting hairs between the difference between autobiographical and personal. Hey, well, that's a also, great start. It's also not obviously very important to you because you have the book that you use as a source to defend yourself literally right beside you at all times. Yeah, it was within arm's reach. Uh, that uh, I wish I could say that was a coincidence. Listeners, I literally just reached off... Uh, away from my desk and pulled the book that I was referencing off my bookshelf and uh, opened to the page where it was as if it wasn't <laughs> dog-eared. Yeah. So we did two performances of that show. Well, you did. I helped. You directed it. Um, of course you did. Yeah, I, di I directed it. Um, made it what it was, I guess we could say. You were the creative uh, visionary behind yeah, we, we really we really brought it to life uh, through my own sweat and blood. Um, and you were just there. That was my reading of the situation anyway. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, 
It was so great. You were so helpful in giving so many confident line deliveries to me. Uh, <laughs> say it like this. No, no, no. More like this. Uh, <laughs> well, to, in my defense, I only did that after you didn't say it the way I wanted you to the sixth time. That's so. true. That's true. It's uh, George Brown and National Theater School, folks. That's, uh, that's what you get. This is a, Two worlds colliding. With uh, a production assistant from the world of Sheridan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. he's a Sheridan graduate. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Ryder. <laughs> we give that a, you want to try that again? Uh, we had a production assistant as well, Aaron Ryder from Sheridan. Sheridan uh, Theater School, Theater College. Sheridan uh, mus musical theater performance at Sheridan. Yeah, yeah. I guess we had that's, a, that's what they call it. We had a production assistant as well, a great guy by the name of Aaron Ryder. He was from the uh, musical theater performance program at uh, Sheridan College, very talented individual who bestowed upon us uh, more time than he had to, to, to work oh, with us on this project. Absolutely. And of course, then our, our, uh, our great friend, Dr. Greg Doran was also involved in the stage management capacity as well. Um, friend, honor mentor. Honoring us as he always does with his time and his investment in our stupid work. And it, it was interesting when we reached out to Greg asking if he wanted to step on board as the stage manager, then kind of the de facto set designer for a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of the show, when we reached out to him, he said, yeah, of course. And we can use resources from Vagabond Productions, like the physical set resources. And we were like, oh man, this is a, this is very generous of you. And he said, well, you kind of helped fund this program when you were students, <laughs> because when Ben and I attended the University of Prince Edward Island, we were part of the, uh, the resident theater company, Vagabond Productions, which as students, you get paid an experience, you get paid an education. So the money went back into the program and he was able to put that money to good use. And so, uh, dang right, we get to reap the benefits of it. We're, yeah. the, we're the theater school equivalents to the kids who graduate it and just keep kind of keep hanging around the school. Just uh, Yeah, we're Matthew McConaughey in Dazed and Confused. I often compare us to Matthew McConaughey in so many ways. Um. But yeah, what's what's really important to take away here, listeners, all of this to say, honestly, we did a show. It's in the past. We're talking about it now. Who really cares? Well, you should care because there's another opportunity for you to see this fantastic show. But we're not going to talk about that just yet. We're going to save that for the end of the episode. So if you're desperate for Midnight Baby News, you got to listen to the whole thing. Or just skip ahead. The power is in your hands. Yeah, although if you're listening to this uh, on your phone, I find it difficult to move the little slider with my thumb to get exactly where I want it to be. Especially if you're driving. If you're listening to this mm -hmm. while driving, just chill out. Just chill out, okay? Like, and watch the road. It's going to okay? be okay. Yeah. Honestly, what's, what's, what's so bad about hanging out with us for half an hour? Yeah, we got some cool stuff. We're going to split uh, semantics again in terms of storytelling and causality. It's going to be great. I'm going to I'm going to quote uh, quote some more authors. It's going to be just wait. This next half it's hour It's going to be great. It's, it's going to be great. Fly right by. Yeah. So we, uh, you, you might notice folks that we haven't talked about a guest yet for this episode. Um, and that's because we're getting back to our roots. Yeah. We're we're, uh, we're interviewing each other. 
this, about our half of star stories. We're going to get into our half of star stories and we're going to, at the end of the episode, right after the plugs, we're going to tell you what you can expect from the rest yeah. of the season. We'll so have guests. Yeah. Just know that it's going to get better. Oh man. This is like <laughs> this next half hour. And we really are committing to a half an hour now, aren't we? I think so. I think we're going to have to start the timer. Uh, <laughs> we got a whole half hour of comedy straight from Benton Hartley and Justin Shaw, all new material. We're going to work it out right now. Yeah. It's, we're going to improvise a half hour of a podcast for you. And it's all autobiographical. It's no editing, no editing. Uh, We got half a star stories and listeners, as you recall, uh, half a star stories. What does it mean, Benton? What is a half a star story? Justin, I think what we've sort of settled on is a celebration of stupidity. The idea of an idea that's so bad that if it was going to be reviewed in the newspaper, the critic wouldn't even give it a full star review. So we're looking for something that's embarrassing, something that is catastrophic, but ended up being a pretty good story at the end of the day. So you're sitting around the bar once the bars are open with your buddies and you're just shooting around war stories, exchanging embarrassing anecdotes and this would be the one that you would share. So bad that it's good. Exactly. I once uh, read a review in the Toronto Star for a play, that, it, and it received a half a star review. It might have been for Toronto Fringe for this show. Got a half a star review, and because it was such an abysmal review, they actually had more people coming to their show just so they could get an experience of how bad it is. And kind of unfortunately, the show didn't live up to how bad it was supposed to be. It was actually just an okay show. So we want to get into the best of the worst, the worst of the best in that mm-hmm. order. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what's been going on in our wild world? Well, uh, for starters, Ben and I put on a show, a piece of theater that encourages people to sit together in a public venue uh, during a pandemic. We, we did it. The story, the journey of Midnight Baby has been a, been a challenging one because the plan was to present it uh, first week of June in a theater, Prince Edward Island. And then uh, uh, the shit hit the fan in terms of pandemic in Ontario and my travel to the, to Prince Edward Island, which is under uh very tight restrictions in terms of border um so my entry into the island it was actually up in the air for a little while and here's the thing i have to be there on the province to do the show because i am 100 percent of the cast yeah and and like we already talked about while not autobiographical the show is personal yeah and so Justin Shaw is Midnight Baby. Like, I was joking around with the people at the theater being like, if Justin can't come into the country, I'll just get up and do something for an hour. But like, it wouldn't have been the same, right? So it was really important that we did this. If we were going to do the show, we wanted to do it right. And we wanted to give it the space and the time to breathe and to be rehearsed that it needed to be. So we were in a very uh, flexible position of um changeability yeah at that point and then it got to a point where within 72 hours before my flight was it seven i think it was about three days before the flight 
that was scheduled to leave with or without me, whether or not I canceled my, my ticket or not, I found out I could, I got approved because the show, the work I was doing and the support from creative PEI in the production of the, of the piece, it was enough to warrant me passing through the border because it was a work contract. And I was thrilled, but then I had to get a COVID test like the next day and it had to come back negative before I could even get into the airport. And I did. And then I arrived and immediately was whisked away into isolation for 14 days. And in the 14 days, in that 14 day period, I had four COVID tests. And I'm proud to say they all came back negative and I only cried twice. <laughs> Once because the first time it hurt a little bit. And the second time because I fell in love with my nurse. Uh, intimate experience, though. How many yeah, well, I mean, how many times have you had something like that up your nose now? I guess five, but before that, probably not many. It's quite a lot. It's uh, yeah. quite a lot in total. How many COVID tests have you had? How many have you had, Ben? How many COVID tests have I had? I think I've had three. Um, because there was, a, there was a circuit breaker in PEI that everybody in their 20s had to get tested. That was in December of 2020. So I got tested then for the first time ever. And then I had to get tested a couple more times because I had some seasonal allergies and they wouldn't let me go back to work without right. a negative test. Right. So, yeah. And uh, now we're, we're at the point in the pandemic where things are cautiously optimistic. Vaccines are being rolled out. You know, I was thinking about this today, Ben. I'm kind of glad social media exists right now, being able to capture every moment of every day. Because if we tried to explain what's going on right now to like our grandkids, who the hell is going to believe us? Basically. Oh, I know. And right after we rolled out the vaccines from the pandemic, well, that's when the ocean caught on fire. <laughs> and then the world's most fantastical billionaires all went to space. Man, I just can't get over the fact that an entire town in British Columbia has just disappeared. Like, the world's on fire, you know? That makes me think of Smash Mouth. Yeah. My world's on fire. How about yours? That's, That's the, way the way I like, I like it. And I never get I'll never bored. Get bored. And let's not forget that Smash Mouth is the band that rhymed yep with concept. <laughs> they did do that. The world is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so this is in and of itself a half a star story, just putting on a piece of theater during the pandemic. But yeah. there's another half a star aspect to this, Justin, that I think the people will really appreciate. Yeah. So we've had the idea to start season two of half a star for some time now. We've been shooting for the first couple of weeks of July for like, I would say like a solid couple of months, probably in our discussions. And so you were in Charlottetown for like seven weeks. Yeah. Right. And obviously I was also there for the same amount of time, yeah. given that I now live here. Um, and I want, the, I want the listeners out there to guess how many episodes of Half a Star we recorded together while we were able to do it face-to-face. -face. Go and on. Let's just, let's, just, let's just give them like a solid 10 seconds to guess, shall we? Go on, guess. We'll, we can okay. wait. We'll listen. Oh, not a bad one. Good guess. Well, I'm hearing nothing, which is oh. actually 
accurate then. yeah no we we did we did a grand total of zero episodes together while we were in the same room because not only was i in charlottetown out of isolation for seven weeks i was also in isolation for two weeks mm-hmm. at which point we recorded zero episodes could have been a great time to actually get some stuff done but we're coming in hot we're ready to go we I don't know. There kind of came a point where we're just like, maybe this is just kind of a, like a, a brand that just exists. I don't know if it's a show anymore, but we had a couple of people being like, well, are you not doing it again? We actually kind of enjoyed it. And I was like, really? Okay. And always with the tone of surprise, which I really appreciate. I honestly, the, the biggest reviews that I've gotten from this, uh, that I've, I've received from this show is that it's actually pretty good and people seem to enjoy it. And who am I to take it's that just, experience from them? It's just that word actually that just no. it's it's just it's just an unnecessary word. You could just say it's pretty good. You don't have to say actually. And I respect the fact that they're reaching out. And it kind anyway. of it bums me out when I uh early on when we were in the early stages of season one, I'd have friends say, Does anyone have any podcast recommendations? And I'd be like, I have one. It's like, no, no, a real one. Like, oh, right. Cause I'm an idiot. That's uh, I forgot. Yeah. Well, but like two things can be true. That's you true. can have a real podcast and be an idiot. That's I mean, true. Joe Rogan is yeah. both of those things. You that's heard... right. I did it. Wow. I went there. Wow. Jeez. That's a half a star take from Benton Hartley on, <laughs> uh, on one Joe Rogan. But uh, we, we do have a really exciting season coming up for you folks. Uh, we're going we're gonna to mix things up a little bit. I know I mentioned uh, what the season two forecast looks like. Uh, we do have guests coming up. We'll reveal our big guest at the end of uh, this episode, who you can who you can expect to see next week. But uh, we also have some different kind of segments that we're going to have introduced into this season. We were kind of palling around uh, uh, in the midterm with Drunk Musicals, a program that was embarrassingly popular. Uh, ben, do you want to give them a rundown as to what Drunk Musicals yeah, I mean, it's all in the title, yeah. really. Um, so what would happen is Justin and I and uh, our special guest host, Diana Moser. My fiance, uh, yes. Your fiance, your, your roommate. <laughs> um, she would uh, join us as we would sit down and watch a musical that you had never seen before because something that you communicated to me way back uh in the end of last year i would think is that you aren't as familiar with musical theater as you might like to be it's true having yeah. uh we mentioned like ben and i are theater professionals um we we do have a theater background however despite my background in theater i have seen very few musicals uh right i appreciate it for sure it's just there's uh i feel like there's a big uh i don't know a big cornerstone of like musical theaterdom that i just have not taken in right and like, for me, I was, I came out of a high school that was very pro musical theater. So I had like a decent enough foundational knowledge of musical theater. I wouldn't say that I like, I'm like, oh my God, like a, a new musical is coming to the theater. I'm going to go watch it at Cineplex or something. But, you know, I, I, ha- I at least know some of the shows that we would be covering. Yeah. And so we decided that, uh, we would show you a musical that you've never seen before, a musical movie. Um, and that wasn't interesting enough for us, in fact. We wanted you to get absolutely hammered yeah. while we watched the movie. Yeah. And so 
the way that it works is we do a before and after. So we do a before where we sort of interview you on what you expect the, the movie is going to be like and what you know about the musical going into it. Then we pause the recording, we watch the entire movie, and then we come back and Justin is trashed. Oh, it's, it's so bad. It's <laughs> honestly, I regret it every single time. The next day, I'm always like, we'll never do that again. We've done two uh, so far. The first one we did was Chicago, which I quite enjoyed. I really loved that movie. I, and then we decided to follow it up with a movie that yeah. was the opposite experience, which was the 2019 version of Cats. And you know what? I liked it. I, I sober, sober second thoughts. I liked it. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but it was just one of those, <laughs> like, I think I get it. Uh, oh yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, if you no, want... no, no, we, we've spent, we've wasted way too much bandwidth already talking about what you thought it was about. Yeah, so I, I had a lot of opinions <laughs> on that movie, but um, we do encourage you, please drink responsibly. This is in a safe, uh, safe environment, which I'm drinking to horrible excess. Uh, I, I, have been sick every single time I've done it. Uh, it's funny, uh, if you listen to the Cats episode, we talk about how I ate a big meal uh, before the recording. I ate two hamburgers and the way Diana made it sounds like, it sounds like I didn't sh- wanna share them with her. Like I just ate two hamburgers by myself. No one else could have one. Oh, I threw those up uh, just yeah. right into the sink. I just... So what we're saying is, Perhaps periodically drug musicals will show up, but for everyone's sanity and safety, it will be infrequent at best. And if you're wondering why I said I threw them up into the sink, it's because Diana was in the bathroom and uh, (laughs) yeah, I was like, oh, I can't wait. That's just, just to give you a sense of the urgency. So drunk musicals will be back uh, at least once this season. Uh, We're open to suggestions as to what musical I... I should experience while intoxicated. Uh, I'm honestly, I kind of hope we can watch The Sound of Music because I really want to watch it in the morning with uh, some mimosas and just just power them that'd be That'd be fun because what we've had before is you like aggressively wasted. Yeah. I would like it if you were just like a fun kind of like brunch day drunk. Yeah, that's kind of just for the sake of my own liver as well. Like, uh, <laughs> uh and I have the day to recover, not yeah. try to sleep that that monstrosity off. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's some that I feel will be kind of problematic to drink during, like Jesus Christ Superstar. Like I feel like that's not something you should. Yeah, or or you'd have to get drunk on red wine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, which feels a little heavy, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, um, pump back a few bottles. Yeah. Another uh, another segment, Justin, that yes. we kind of experimented with over the break was um, sort of my spinoff project yes, uh, called Cracker Jack. And we haven't really talked about it much, but I kind of feel like I could probably bring a couple more of those into the fold as well. Absolutely. Um, that's a podcast where I talk to, uh, to friends of either half a star or just friends I have uh, in my uh, regular everyday civilian life. Because believe it or not, I have a life outside of this show. And um, part of that life, a large part of that life for me is baseball. And so what happens is we watch baseball movies, me and a guest watch a baseball movie, and then we talk about it. And uh, what's ended up happening is um, more guests than not have hated baseball, which I think is a really interesting 
thing to have happen. So uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for, for more Cracker Jack on the horizon. And we'll probably put that up on the Cracker Jack channel, but we'll make it available on the Half a Star channel as well. So if you're subscribed to one and not the other, we got you covered. So Cap- I don't know why you would be, but yeah. if you are, we have you covered. Well, we have listeners who actually like this. Um, so if you, you have a show, you have like a program that's like your own within the thing we made. Yeah, no, it's like an extended universe, man. Do, do I get a thing? Do I get like? A I mean, thing? I mean, if you want to, Ooh. I kind of figured you're you're the more initiative taker of the two of us. I, I kind of figured that if you wanted one, you would just make it happen. I guess, uh, listeners, well, what should I do? I don't know. Well, see, I I think I I started Cracker Jack in response to the Armageddon Christmas radio right. play, right? which I totally thought was like your baby. Like I was just there as, I was just there as like an engaged artist. I wasn't there as any sort of creator. I, I wrote that whole two hour radio play out of pure rage and frustration against the Ford government and how it's handling the pandemic because I was mad to be locked inside again during, uh, during the pandemic like we opened up way too soon and then of course shit hit the fan all over again and so i just went screw it we're doing armageddon and i wrote it in a couple weeks and uh we headed up there i've been stewing on the idea for a while now so it was fun to actually get it done uh yeah i don't know we'll figure figure something out but i do Mm -hmm. know something that we are gonna do and our guest for this segment is confirmed uh we are going to do a movie watch along this season. Me, Ben, and a special guest, we're going to watch along a certain movie. And it's going to be similar to, I don't know, Mystery Science Theater, I guess, where you pause and we do takes on it. Yep. Uh, but the movie is such a half a star idea of a movie of why does this exist? Why did, who thought this would be a good idea? I don't know who, but I'm quite glad it exists. So myself, Benton Hartley, special guest, Matthew Serena, who we've had- Former on... half a star guest, um, former cast member of the Armageddon Christmas radio play. All around funny guy. He's a great stand-up comedian. He's background in sketch, very funny guy. We're gonna have a, a little panel review of the classic 90s film, The Gumby Movie. Yeah, I don't know anything about this. Oh, get I know ready. that you, you've you've been telling me about it. Um, it sounds a bit like the room to so, to some degree. Yeah. Um, it's Gumby like Gumby and Pokey Gumby, right? Yeah, it's it's okay. it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's I don't know why it exists. Uh, so listeners, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that episode coming down the line. But we got really cool guests coming up, and again. You got to wait to the end of the episode before we say who the guest is. I, I mean, we, we did just spoil one of the guests, but that was... I know. Matthew's that cool. Was, that was a thing. That Mat- was a thing. Matthew's cool, but he... he it, wasn't, it wasn't in his rider that we had to tease him. Exactly. Yeah. The Gumby reveal. I didn't even plan on telling that today, but... Wow. This is what are. happens when we give ourselves half an hour to fill. I know. So we got <laughs> the Gumby movie. You're welcome. We got Cracker Jack. We got drunk musicals and we got guests out the butt. It's going to be great. And they literally are coming out of the butt. What? I don't know. Hey, Ben, I want to know what is a half a star thing that happened to you during 
the yes. time between our seasons of Happy right. Star. Okay, I have two, one of which I wasn't going to talk about today, but I figure you've talked about Gumby. Yeah. I will return the favor and talk about something I wasn't going to talk about today. Okay. I'll save that one for a second. The first thing, um, fans of the podcast might remember, um, we used to have a weatherman around these parts. Um, around these parts. Around these parts, you know, this ghost town in a wild west movie that's known as the half a star podcast yes um and that weatherman was professional wrestler bradford montague and he has remained a very close friend of the show and a pretty darn good friend outside of the show as well yep yep. and um he recently had a baby or his partner did i don't think he did he is Um, now the charlottetown spider-man he's also now the charlottetown spider-man for those of you that are in charlottetown former toronto spider-man now wave charlottetown Spider-Man. not peter parkour though no not peter parkour yeah he's a bad person apparently screw that guy yeah um so uh as you might expect the man is a professional wrestler he is in incredible shape right uh i myself you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a person who I tend to fall into patterns of comparing myself to others. But Brad is somebody that I think was fairly safe for me comparing myself to because it feels like we are just operating on different levels of humanity. It's at like, the, times. like the difference between a teddy bear and an action figure. Yeah, it's exactly. Like... Yeah. And so Brad has m- built his physique on the carnivore diet, which has been well established in our half a star interview with him from back in the day. Yep. Also, like insane amounts of gym time. Just right. Just grinding. Yeah. My physique has been built on playing Mass Effect for eight hours a day and demolishing bag after bag of barbecue crispers. Oh yeah. So I had some free time on my schedule for the first time in a while. So I decided I'm going to go back to the gym. They've been taking money out of my bank account this whole pandemic and I've barely gone. I might as well use it while I have it. So I went to the gym and wouldn't you know it, Brad is in the, is in the locker room and we get to chatting, you know, it's been a while since we'd seen each other. I congratulated him on the kid and, and on being Spider-Man and that sort of thing. And he turns to me and he goes, Hey man, what are you training today? And I was sitting there and I was thinking to myself, well, I, I, I need to answer the man. Uh, otherwise, like, that's rude if I don't, if I yeah. just go. Yeah. However, I don't know what any muscles are called. Like, I, I know that there are names for muscles like deltoids and biceps and traps, but I couldn't point them out on a, on a human body other than like, I mean, biceps, sure. But anyway, so I just looked at him and I was like, honestly, man, I got out of the house. I think that's good enough, you know? Um, and then we took a gym selfie and everything was fine. But it was just like, it was just funny because like I found myself in this situation and he was like trying to like relate to me. And I was just like, I, I, I don't belong here. This, uh, this is the goal. I made it yeah. here. The walk to the gym was Yeah, the exactly. The fact that I'm in the gym at all was me achieving my goal. I mean, you'll get there. Like you keep, keep <laughs> pumping away. 
Uh, at least you're going to the gym. Like yeah. I'm, I'm kind of nervous. We're hitting beach season here now. And I'm, <laughs> I'm nervous for the beach because when I take my shirt off, my body looks like Neapolitan ice cream, shades of pink and white and just rough my body looks like melting neapolitan ice cream (laughs) and nobody wants a lick it's oh yeah yum 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 yum. the beach is lactose intolerant yep so so do you have one because i i I can i can go into my second one or you can go next i think uh the second one uh or my i think a two hail satan this is an edit (laughs) um when we were working on Midnight Baby, we uh, we had a press run. We had uh, uh, some media wanting uh, wanting the scoop on things. We were very lucky to have the support of, uh, of a local journalist. He uh, very kind gentleman. He's a gentleman of a certain age and of a certain generation. A PEI gentleman who, when they see you, they inquire who your father is. They inquire where are you from. Like very like deep rooted PEI. Who's your father? Kind of kind of vibe. And uh, he comes in and uh, he looks past myself, the writer and performer. He looks past Benton, the director, to our production assistant. goes, Aaron Ryder. Is that little Aaron Ryder? Is that Ronnie's son? How are you doing, man? How you doing? And Aaron, modest as ever, say, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm good. And uh, he said, how old are you now? How, how old are you now, Aaron? How old are you? Aaron, I'll be uh, I'll be 23 in August. My God, isn't that so? It was as if he came in w- thinking the story was about Aaron. I mean, I'd love a story about Aaron. He's very lovely. He's a very kind and talented individual. But uh, this is our rehearsal time here that we're cutting into for press. And then uh, the interviewer, the journalist, he sets up the little chat station and he starts asking about the about the show. He goes, what, what goes into this kind of process? And I told him it was a, a process that I've been working on for well over a year. I've had a lot of generous support from uh, different writers, different comedians, different dramaturgs to help bring the story to life and even to help me frame an understanding of what is this story? What is it I'm trying to say? And it comes from a very personal place. And again, we've explored the difference between autobiographical and personal to try and hone in onto what is this experience I'm trying to create for an audience. And I'm getting really close to coming to the conclusion as to what it is I'm trying to achieve. The interviewer goes, oh yeah. Aaron, how old do you say you were again? (laughs) 23 in August. My God. And... As soon as he left, the story was, this is Aaron, who is 23 in August. And uh, the story gets better from there. There's more than just Aaron, who's turning 23 in August. Benton had a great sound sound bite from the interview. <laughs> I know where this is going. Great sound bite. He said, uh, Midnight Baby is a love story because it's a story of someone learning to love themselves which 100% nail on the head. That's exactly what I'm going for. However, this quote was left in the same hands as the same journalist, the man who could not get over that Aaron was turning 23 in August. So obviously his priorities are on a different level than ours right now. So he takes the idea of it being the love story of oneself 
and runs at the headline, A Love Story of One. <laughs> Which makes it sound like, come watch Justin love himself on stage. Physically. Which in some ways you could make the argument that that's all a one person show is. You know, I think the, yeah, you know, at the end you're sweaty, you're tired. Yeah. A little bit hungry. I want a cigarette. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you to the journalists of Prince Edward Island for keeping me on my toes with the questions that I would never dream having asked to me about a creative undertaking. <laughs> so Ben. How old is your production assistant? Ben, you've got yes. me on the hook. What is your half a star story, baby? So Justin, you and I have had a lot of conversations uh, over the past little while. Yes. Um, and sometimes we go days without actually having conversations and we just send each other memes. Yeah or shit posts or funny things that we've seen on the internet. And how do I put this? Over the last number of months, it has become increasingly clear to me that I am living in a meme all to myself. And it has manifested itself in the way that my algorithm seems to be <laughs> worrying about me. Okay. So people understand what I mean when I say algorithm. You get um, targeted advertisements based on search history, based on conversations you've had with people, based on cookies, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I wanna, <laughs> I wanna be clear right off the bat that what has been starting to pop up for me has in no way been influenced by my search history or my cookies. I want to make that perfectly clear. And I know that this is a safe space. So I would say if it was, but it wasn't. So I have been getting a lot of targeted ads from Audible, the audiobook company, um, which is fine. You know, I, I'm, I'm a man of literature. I like to read. I like to learn. Um, <laughs> but the books that are being advertised to me on Audible, Justin, all go around a similar theme. And I'm, 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 I'm curious. I'm suspicious. And I'm a little bit hurt by the suggestions that Audible is coming out with for me. Because all of the audiobooks that Audible is suggesting I read, or listen to, I suppose would be the better term, are sexual self-help books. Mm. Um, essentially, they are, they have titles such as um, The Broken Bedroom. Ha! <laughs> Um, another one had a delightfully suggestive, um, cross-section of, I think it was like a kumquat or like a, like a melon or something. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a cross-section that I think was meant to evoke a part of the female anatomy. Which part? Uh, you know, the part. The boobies. Yes. No, the, not the boobies. Uh, the, um. Butthole? the the vaginal area oh and um the title of the book was she comes first 
and it was about um well I'll, I'll just say it you know it was about satisfying yeah uh someone with a vagina yeah and um we're sex positive yeah and i you know uh i you know i don't i don't have i i, I don't have any idea where this came from uh i don't know what conversations i've been having yeah you don't have a girlfriend yeah exactly yeah you're not having sex so no god no no um this is outrageous you uh yeah uh and even if i was like i don't know i'm not saying i'm like amazing at it or anything but like yeah you're not really i don't need you're not not bad enough to need a book i'm not but i'm not bad enough to need a book is my point Mm. maybe i need an audio book yeah (laughs) imagine imagine an audio book where like you're like in flagrante with someone and then you're just like wait 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 hold on hold on and then you have to like go get your headphones on and you're just like i just need to just need to go over this one section i can't fast forward i have trouble holding <laughs> with my thumbs my- <laughs> i can't do it i also so, like uh, i like yeah. that they know that like all right this guy needs help we gotta get him a book no 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 he'll never read it if it's a book <laughs> we gotta really spell it out for him Imagine like imagine being at the gym and like you come across like imagine imagine okay like let's set the scene. I'm at the gym, Bradford Montague comes up to me and he's trying to talk to me, but I have my headphones on. So he taps me on the shoulder and then he sees me press pause <laughs> on an audiobook called She Comes First. Man. Imagine like, imagine working out to that book. Yeah, right? Damn. It's that might not be a half a star idea. That's a, yeah. I mean that bad. that might be that might actually that that might get a lot of problems solved all at once. Actually, it's two birds one stone situation, <laughs> if you ask me. If uh, Bradford Montague came up and saw you listening to that, he'd go, "I know what you're training today." Sup? <laughs> Sup? Uh, there we go, listeners. That's just a taste, a titty taste, just a titty taste. <laughs> That's not a, that is not a phrase. Just a titty. It definitely is. Just get a titty taste of <laughs> season two. I am standing by this phrase. No, yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, Maybe it's in one of those books. I don't know. It could be. So folks, listeners, uh, very sex positive. We got, we're going to dig deep into this throughout the season. I assure you. If I have anything to say about it, we certainly will. But we're going to be back with the segments like we described, we're going to have some Cracker Jack nonsense. We're going to have drunk musicals fun. We're going to have the Gumby movie experience. We're going to keep things fresh, keep things interesting, all revolving around the essence of half a star stories and half a star ideas. Ideas so bad they don't earn a full star rating because here on Half a Star, bad ideas make great stories. But these stories are not just limited to Ben and me and our bullshit. We have guests and we got mm. some aces, aces lined up. And we got our ne- our first guest of the season coming up this. Wait, we have our, <laughs> we have our first guest lined up for next week. Tell him Ben. Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, shockingly he goes back kind of a long way with both of us yeah he does um which is really exciting um he's by far one of the most talented musicians i think i've ever had the pleasure of sharing a room with 
He's a lovely guy. He had a, he was a great interview. He was gracious enough to give him, to give us a couple of hours of his day to just hang out, shoot the shit, talk about what's been going on. Uh, you might know him best from his work with the folk music group, the East Pointers. Mm -hmm. That's right, friends. Uh, fiddle player extraordinaire, singer songwriter, Tim Chaison. Oh. Heartthrob. Yeah, okay, I'll do it again. That's right, folks. Fiddle player extraordinaire, singer songwriter, and all around heartthrob. Tim Chaison is going to be on the podcast. We're going to talk to him about how he's been keeping busy during the pandemic and also what, what might be coming up for him as well. We're very excited to have him on board. We also have other musicians lined up for this season. We've got musicians, we've got comedians, we've got people from different walks of life. We, 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 we've had a lot of musicians and comedians on here in the past. I'm sure we'll have more, but we're going to try to branch out and get different kinds of guests, different backgrounds, different all of this and that, because we want to get to the essence of what makes a true half a star story. So if you have any ideas for guests, folks, please hit us up. We'd love to hear who you think we should have on this show. We're both very lonely. We love receiving a DM. Just send us a DM with the name of somebody you think we should listen to. And uh, we will do our best to make them uh, appear on the show. Hear that sound? Yep. That's the sound of sliding into our DMs. That's gross. Yeah. Uh, now we're getting to my favorite segment. Uh, I'm just going to pause here just a second. Uh, how's, how's the time doing? Oh, good. We're, we're good for the second. Let's see. Is this the... Plugs, plugs, plugs. Ask your mom or ask your dad. Plugs, plugs, plugs. Um, that is the new plugs theme song for Half a Star. When we're plugging something, you're going to hear the plugs theme. That's plugs, plugs, plugs. Ben, what are we plugging this week? Well, Justin, I think each of us has something to plug, but I'll go first. Give her. Um, yeah, so the Island Fringe Festival is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. It was supposed to be their 10th anniversary last year, but obviously with the pandemic, they couldn't make anything really happen. They had a great, uh, they had a great event called Pounding the Pavement that happened uh, in lieu of the actual Fringe, but the Fringe is back this year for its 10th anniversary, and I am fortunate enough to have a show in that Fringe that I wrote and am starring in. Uh, it's called Cowardice, and it's sort of, uh, it's a mixture of um, a solo show as well as sort of homages to great American sitcoms, all talking about mental illness and mental health and self-love and all that good stuff. That runs July 29th to August 1st um, through the Island Fringe Festival. The schedule is still to be announced, but we'll post that on our social media when we know more. Um, yeah, keep an eye out. Great stuff. Ben, ben is one artist in Charlottetown. I'd keep my eye on if I were you listeners. Keep an eye yeah. on things. I'm shifty. You never know where I'm going to be. You got to keep your eye on me. Never know whose work he's going to plagiarize. Uh, <laughs> now, speaking of work that I've plagiarized. Hey, oh. 
Um, we teased earlier on, Justin, that uh, those of uh, our listeners that missed out on the first run of Midnight Baby are not completely out of luck. Let us, uh, let us in on the hot goss. Well, we filmed the presentation of Midnight Baby that we did at King's Playhouse. Pat Martell, awesome videographer and editor, he recorded it with a full setup of video capturing technology that I don't even know how it works. How did you get the moving pictures on the screen? It's probably involving a camera, but we don't have time to get into that right now. It blows my mind. The visual medium, that's why we do podcasts. It just blows my mind. But he filmed it. And it's going to be available at the Hamilton Fringe Theater on Demand series. So if you're sitting around feeling like an idiot, not knowing what to do between July 16th and 26th, and you want to watch Midnight Baby, this one-man comedy that I've been working my ass off on, it's a show worth watching. Like Ben described to the journalist, it's a story of one person learning to love themselves. Midnight Baby, it's going to be available for the Hamilton Fringe. It's pay what you can afford, and all the proceeds go to the artists. And these price tiers include $5 for uh, people from, I don't know, access, needing accessible pricing. Then there's $12 for, I don't know, kids that are loose on the internet and don't know what they're doing. And then there's my personal favorite, which is $20. You're going to want to get in there, give me some money, and watch this freaking show. It's a lot of fun. And Honestly, hats off to Pat Martell for all the work he put into it. Uh, I Ben kept me on my feet during this whole production run. There's a lot of movement. And Pat Martell, I know he wished he could just nail my feet to the ground, just trying to keep track of me, keep me in the, in the, in the frame. But uh, it's a great show. So come check out Midnight Baby online. Or if you're in Charlottetown, you want to see some live theater, check out the Island Fringe and don't miss Benton Hartley's Cowardice. Both yeah. productions presented by Desert Island Theater Company. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Desert Island has been uh, has been blowing up lately. Um, yeah, uh, Cowardice will be our third show of the year. It's true, which is uh, which is quite remarkable in this particular climate. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been super uh, it's been super gratifying to uh, to be able to put on some shows over the last year or so. So it's been nice. And listeners, we're gonna have a new show every week. We're gonna keep things spicy, keep things changing here and there from episode to episode. Some weeks it'll be a different segment. Some weeks it'll be a guest focus. But always with you are your lovers Justin and Ben with the half a star essence. Mwah. Yeah. Wow. I think that's I it. Think, I think we did it. I think we did it. We're back. Yeah. And it wasn't even that bad, I no, don't think. I think it was great. Yeah. It was a well, kinky if episode. I, if it wasn't, maybe uh, I'll get some audiobooks about how to record a podcast. Maybe give, that, 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 that'll be a nice change. Give us a little titty taste as to what's yeah, happening. Yeah, give us a little, give us a little titty taste. You exactly. said it. Uh, I thought you were afraid to say it. No, I, I was afraid to say it, which... Maybe is why I need the self-help books. Yeah, I don't man. know. Um, well, okay. Um, listen, it's a new year. I think, Justin, we should change the outro up a bit to reflect the current situation that we find ourselves in. Of course. We used to coach people not to go to the park, but I think the world has changed enough that the park is a good place to go. Sure. So I think we, I think we should change it up. So let's get right into it, shall we? Sure. He's been Justin. He's Ben. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. It's been a real pleasure to be back with you. Um, Black lives matter. Trans lives matter. Every child matters. 
get the vaccine, be kind to each other, pick up your trash, and we hope to see you next week. I love you. Nice.